0: Hello again, Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. I'd like to cover a book that I haven't talked about before, and I'll tell you why I haven't done it. Um, It's a great book, so it's not that it's so-so. It's a great book, but it's about 30 years old. It came out in 1992, and I'm not sure it's in print. Uh, Somebody told me that it was actually under a new name now, but uh, you could probably, probably find some copies out there. It's called Immortality, The Other Side of Death written by Gary Habermas and J.P. Moreland. And uh, if you know anything about apologetics, these are two heavy hitters in the field. Habermas has done a lot of work on the resurrection of Jesus, and J.P. Moreland is a philosopher up at Biola and uh, just an epic writer, a lot of material. So this book covers what they consider to be good evidence for life after death, uh, what near-death experiences can tell us, and the case for the existence of heaven and hell so i'm going to go to the kind of the middle of the book on near-death experiences i find this fascinating and i bet you do too um there have been all sorts of reports uh, there's a publication of a book by raymond moody called life after life and they would have all these experiences that people would report that they would look down on their body or they would travel through a tunnel they'd see a light they'd meet other people and maybe even meet supernatural beings uh, they'd be part of a life review. They'd see some great scenery. Come back to their body, feel very peaceful. So the question, of course, is: This just subjective uh, experiences that they're having? Is it the uh, the brains that are fighting the idea of death? Any way to know if these are more than just subjective and personal, or any of them true to objective reality? So that's what they're going to talk about here. So here are some. Um, corroborated reports. First, they said many of the cases have been gathered in which dying people were able to view individuals or events or even circumstances around them with amazing accuracy, even after being pronounced clinically dead, even while the patients were comatose. So here's an example. Young girl Katie almost drowned in a pool. Cat scans showed massive brain swelling when she was in the emergency room. They said she might have a 10% chance of living, but she came back. She came out of it. And she described the physical characteristics of the doctors involved, uh, details of the hospital rooms that she was in, specific medical procedures. Even though she was comatose, she had her eyes closed the whole time. Um, She claimed to have met Jesus. She followed her family home during the time her body was comatose, remembered all sorts of specific things that uh, the family ate while she was up in the hospital then there's a story about a boy named Rick he had meningitis he's rushed to the hospital in an ambulance but as the body was being whisked away he decided he'd stay behind he watched his family members what they did as they got to their cars and then he rushed to the hospital saying that he got there ahead of the ambulance and he watched hospital personnel move a girl about 12 years old out of the room that they put him in now, that's pretty strange huh how about a young lady She was in a hospital, she was near death, she experienced leaving her body, she visited her relatives in another room, and her brother-in-law there said he was going to stick around and see if she was going to kick the bucket. And then later, she recovered and shocked the relative by repeating his words to him. Wow. Here's an interesting case, a chemist had been blinded a year earlier in an accident. He correctly reported visual details surrounding his near-death experience. Okay, then they have cases, uh, they separate some of these cases here, cases of after the heart stops. Some of them have uh, been reported during confirmed heart stoppage. Here's an 11-year-old boy, had a cardiac arrest while he was in the hospital, had no heartbeat for 20 minutes. But he watched his body from the ceiling. He observed what the doctors and nurses were doing. He reported all the procedures and the colors and locations of the instruments, the genders of the medical personnel. He even reproduced their discussions. So they've got a section here, uh, I won't go on with more of these stories, I I think you'd find them fascinating. So they've got the after the heart stop stories, then they've got after the brain stop stories. So here's one. A woman had a flat EEG reading, no vital signs, she'd been declared dead, but she revived about three and a half hours later, and uh, she was being taken to the morgue by an orderly and she lifted the sheet off her face. (laughs) Okay, I I can only imagine what that orderly did. My guess is he found a different job. But anyway, she reported that she had floated over her body during the resuscitation attempts. And she could describe precisely the procedures, how many people were in the room, what they said. She even repeated a joke that they were told. She described the design on the doctor's ties. And this is after the brain stopped. Here's one that I think is a section that is just amazing. There's another kind of corroborated... Remember, these are all corroborated reports. These are not just anecdotes, one person hanging over a fence, talking to another person. But here's a case of people who saw friends and loved ones that they didn't know had died. Okay, so it says, uh, no one present had known that the loved one was dead, even the the people that were standing around there. So here's an example, well-publicized example. Uh, A woman was dying... And as she was dying, she began calling out the names of loved ones who had died beforehand, but she was seeing them. Then she saw a cousin named Ruth and said, oh, what's, what's she doing there? Ruth had died unexpectedly, and this dying woman had never been told that. Here's another case. A woman was near death. She perceived herself leaving her body, viewed the hospital room, the doctor shaking his head, her distraught husband... And then she thought she went to heaven. She saw a young man there. She said, Tom, I didn't know you were up here. Tom said, I just arrived too. But the woman came back to earth, and then she found herself back in the hospital bed. Later that night, her husband got a call informing them that their friend Tom had died in an auto accident. Wow. Okay, uh, I think I will uh, skip. Well, no, here's, a, here's one more good one. This is really moving. A family was part of a fiery car wreck. The mother died at the scene. Two sons were taken to different hospitals. And uh, the one child, the youngest child, came out of his coma and had kind of a clear moment. And he was quiet and peaceful. And the doctor said, how are you feeling? The Boy said, "Oh, everything's all right now. Mommy and Peter are already waiting for me. Then he lapsed back into his coma and he died. But he hadn't been told that his mom and his brother had already died. Uh, anyway so that's amazing isn't it okay so systematizing the findings have what have people done with these are they just unrelated or is there some rhyme or reason so they have a list here of all these psychologists and uh, cardiologists who have put together these findings so that people can analyze them and, and find out more information all sorts of data has been put together but it said because of the scientific and psychological testing, it says we can place greater confidence in the evidential value of these experiences. Um, I will skip ahead. There's a section here about brain physiology showing that there is a difference between the mind and the brain and that uh, materialism can't explain some of the data that's being discovered here. Now, why are they talking about this? It provides support for dualism, which is the idea that we are a body, but we're also a mind, two separate, or call it the soul if you want. So uh, they, they're talking about that. So he's, they give you a summary so far, <clears throat> and I like this. They said, you know, we don't wanna say that this gives us a complete picture of a heavenly existence. This is, they said, minimalistic life that exists at the moment after death. So I thought that was fair instead of saying, see, that proves that heaven and hell are real and that God's real and Jesus is real. Interesting part here is that how have naturalists, people that believe that nature is all there is, that there is no supernatural, how have they responded to some of this research? Well, there's a man named John Beloff who wrote in the journal The Humanist. He said the data in favor of life after death was significant enough that humanists should admit there's an afterlife and try to interpret it in naturalistic terms. He says that evidence indicates there's a dualistic world where mind or spirit has an existence separate from the world of material things. And this is a guy who doesn't want to admit that. I always like using people who are not Christians to support Christian perspectives on things. Here's a case in 1981, the American uh, Psychological Association, so that's a big deal, they had a panel discussing the nature and origin of these near-death experiences and it says the panel members agreed that near-death research points to and provides evidence for a spiritual realm and or life after death let me say that again the american psychological association near-death research points to and provides evidence for a spiritual realm and or life after death wow okay so if you can get them on your side you're doing pretty well that was chapter five Now chapter six says what about questions and objections and I thought that was good. So, you know, here's one question How widespread are these near death experiences? Are they common? And they said from the research, it's clear that they're extremely widespread. In 1982, there was a Gallup survey reported 15% of respondents said they were close to death and had something to say about it. That was something like 23 million Americans. And they described things like these near death reports. And they said they have gotten thousands, literally thousands, of these testimonies in near-death literature, like they mentioned in the previous chapter. Now, these reports are not written by the people themselves, just saying, hey, I want to tell you some cool things. No, these reports are li- written by professional philosophers, psychologists, and medical doctors. that doesn't guarantee their truthfulness, but it, it ought to make us think, hmm, there seems to be some credibility behind this. How many uh, people have actually reported near-death experiences? How many people have remembered nothing? I said one sampling was uh, 18-year study. There were 2,300 near-death cases, and 60% reported near-death experiences (NDEs). I said, uh, how come some people don't re- don't uh, recall them? It said even some positive experiences are sometimes forgotten afterwards. How do, they, how do these NDEs, these near-death experiences, how do they differ from each other? It says, actually, the common perspective is the perception that you're dying, there's peace, separation from the body, observing nearby physical conditions, entering some kind of dark tunnel, a life review, seeing a light, entering another world, seeing others, and then coming back. But there is no certain fixed definition of what it should be like. So that's uh, interesting as well. Let's move on through the chapter here. What about judgment? It says it's been widely reported that atheists and other non-Christians describe a beautiful environment. How how come there's no mention of judgment, of punishment? And they said, well, admittedly, that's true that the vast majority of the reports are blissful. But a number of people actually have claimed that they're in hell-like environments. Um, It says maybe some people are repressing painful hell encounters and they don't talk about it. But they said, wait a minute, why should the average near-death experiencer, whether they're Christian or not, have gone to hell at all if they're not really dead? They're not biologically dead. They're not irreversibly dead. You could argue the reason that this person didn't see hell is because they hadn't really died. So positive experiences by dying people don't always have to be interpreted as trips to heaven. Now, could they be satanic counterfeits? They said it's possible, but they said that seems odd. They are not always unbiblical. It said they seem to fit a biblical pattern. And it says the main thing though is that it, it does mean, even if the spirit world is involved, still means that naturalism is mistaken, that there really is a world of of some kind of existence after this world. And it said um, you can actually take a look at the New Testament. Think about Stephen, he had a pre-death vision. Some said Paul experienced uh, something in 2 Corinthians 12 after he was stoned and left for dead. So they said there's nothing inherently occultic about NDEs. Dying is a natural event, doesn't automatically involve aspects of the occult like some other activities do. Well, then here's another challenge. Well, maybe it's possible that drugs could cause these NDEs. But they said no. There are a lot of references in research to show that in a lot of cases, no drugs or some that would not affect NDEs were administered to patients at all. In fact, one author concludes 80% of these patients that had these experiences were not affected by drugs. So they have a lot of reasons here. It says none of the medical conditions are capable of accounting for the various sorts of corroboration. Uh, NDEs are more than subjective experiences. So um, psychological questions, maybe hallucinations, wishful thinking, but it says they don't approximate many of these central elements. In fact, one of the main things is how did they explain that they saw somebody that they thought was alive but saw them as dead and then that was found to be true? Are there any other proposals? Well, um, could they just be making this up? Could the researchers be at fault? And they explain that's not really the case. This is, uh, think about these blind individuals who reported all sorts of accurate things, uh, what they experienced. Maybe it's bad research, but it, Gary Habermas says he has gotten involved himself. He's investigated dozens of people who've reported NDEs and how careful they were in doing the research because you don't want to come across as some crazy person. So their finding is that basically these Biases and research methods have not changed any major finding in near-death studies. There are checks and balances there to alleviate any problems. Um, so just think about it. The near-death person who's experienced this doesn't have anything to gain by it. Uh, authors have pointed out radical changes in their lives, in many cases, after these NDEs. Well, what about maybe it's ESP or telepathy or you know, drawing from the minds of living people, and they say they don't think so. It's unproven. And uh, it says, even if you had some kind of ESP, that doesn't account for all NDEs. It says, again, think about the fact that they were able to uh, experience people that they thought were alive. How is that possible? They were with other loved ones who have died. That's not ESP. But it says, even if an ESP exists after the death of the body, that's another way to argue that we do experience an afterlife. Uh, even if somebody could authenticate ESP or just provide details of our personalities in that state, it doesn't refute life after death. So I will uh, wrap up here. Uh, yeah, I'm just about the end of the chapter and about end of my time. So uh, this book, I think, will fascinate you. Um, these near-death experiences, how to overcome the fear of death is covered in this book, how to live your life in the light of the evidence for eternal life and how it should affect the way we live today. These are two wonderful authors. Uh, If you can find it, and I hope you can, there may be another publisher, Uh, just type in Immortality, The Other Side of Death, or type in Habermas and J.P. Moreland and see if you can find this book. Uh, You would gain so much out of it, Uh, give you some confidence, as uh, we all have to face death at some time. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. See you later.